Hello, everyone. Hello. So this is uh, Raquel Perez, and I'm also here again with my fan, uh, my friend, Antoinette Gross, and we're here. I'm your fan, too. I'm your fan, too. Crazy <laughs> slip right there. Last week, it was another almost slip, and this week, another crazy one. It's right. So um, I think we had agreed on speaking about the topic of marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm hoping is maybe we can talk about what we thought it was, what it is, and what we're learning it can't, what it can be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just take it from there. So I'll just ask if you can lead us in a short prayer to open. Okay. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you. Um, Thank you, dear Lord, for um, winking at our humanness. Um, We dare to approach this topic of husband and wife of marriage. It is the one relationship, Lord, that you really highlight as Christ is to the church. And so, Father, we just ask that today, whatever words we say will be edifying unto you, that it would bring you glory that it would open our eyes. We know that the word is like a two-edged sword. So Father, even in this, we just ask that things that should be cut away from us will be cut away and things that should be added onto this should be added onto us. Father, we also lift up our hearts to you. We ask that you would forgive us of those things that um, we didn't do as wives, knowingly and unknowingly, and as husbands, knowingly and unknowingly. And Lord, we just ask for a new leaf. We know that your grace and mercy is new every morning. So as we meet this morning, dear Lord, we just ask that it would be wipes, our slate would be wiped clean, and that we can start again um, binding to our spouses as you would like us to bind, as you would like us to become one. We thank you for your word that is meat unto us and your anointing oil of gladness on our lives. And we just ask, dear Lord, that this would be for every hearer, for those who are considering marriage, for those who are already married, for those who are recovering from divorce, dear Lord, and considering to be remarried, we just ask, dear Lord, that your word will be made unto their soul and that it will bring healing and it will bring togetherness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to read um, the Proverbs 31 woman uh, straight from the uh, NIV version. Uh, A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. I love that part. Mm -hmm. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the gate. 
where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the, war, the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Amen. Amen. The Lord's word. So jump well, in. <laughs> here's where I will. So I, I, let's start at the beginning. What it is when you're a new wife, um, a new Christian wife. And let's put that context on it because we both come from a Christian background and when we got married, we got married as Christian women, not perfect women, Christian women. Mm-hmm. I will say Thank that you for the clarification. Yes. But you know what? I and even though I have that clarification, I will say that um, in reality, my understanding of what it was to be a wife um, was still very secular. It was okay. You got to make sure that you know how to cook. You got to make sure that you know how to clean. Sex is now legal. That was the Christian part, right? Sex is now legal. Yeah. You all ran. And so, um, at least for me, and I and I'll speak for myself. And I and I was aware that there was a spiritual concept. But I was still, if I had to look back at the Raquel of yesterday, I will say that the spiritual aspect, even though I was aware of it and I thought I was operating in it, because I really did think I was operating in it, um, I was probably on the scale still operating very much in the natural, very much works, works, got to clean my house, got to do this, got to do that. And then shocked when real life happens and the cleaning of the house and the paying of the bills and the cooking and the free legal sex doesn't stop the challenges from coming inside doesn't cut it doesn't cut it so now i'll leave it what was what was it like for you what do you think how do you think that you entered marriage i entered marriage broken period <laughs> I entered marriage broken. Um, my story is um, very complex in the sense of I fell in love when I was in seventh grade. The person that I fell in love with, I wanted to marry right out of high school. Um, because my parents did not co sign this relationship and immaturity on both sides, he decided to go a different path and I wild out. We talked about this last week. When I came to myself and I realized that I wanted to be right before the Lord, legalistic, not relational, but legally right before the Lord. Mm. The first person who seemed like they wanted to get married, who seemed like they wanted to have a family, he was handsome to boot. Um, I said, okay. I even gave my ex an option. 
who was mature enough to say he wasn't ready. Hmm. And so I was just like, well, want to be right in front of the church, want to finally have legal sex, get out of my parents' house, this is what I'm doing. Never do it. Um, for those people who are single, happy to be watching this, please don't do it. Um, and the reason why I said it was brokenness is when we don't have the relational um, relationship we should have with God, the Bible says that the Lord would be like a husband almost to our soul, right? Mm -hmm. Like he would nurture our soul. When you don't allow God to be, step into that place, you're always yearning. You're always yearning and you're yearning for this connection. You're yearning for this bond. You're yearning for the intimacy. You're yearning for all of that. And you end up a cooking like I was, cleaning like I was, kept it sexy, okay? Um, wife, but you end up with this deficit because you're expecting your spouse, just like we talked about friendship last week, to fill in some places that only Christ can fill. And I think that I came into marriage with, if I do everything he's asking me to do within, within reason, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if I do everything he's asking me to do, we should be happy. Right. We and, were not happy. <laughs> and this is a word. And I know that you and I, through the years, and even um, in our singleness and in our youth, be, um, mm -hmm. we've heard this concept of we should not be looking for happiness. Mm -hmm. That um, happiness is almost impossible. And not to say that we can't be uh, happy, but if we're looking for happiness, it's a very fleeting thing and mm -hmm. yet we're looking for it anyway you know why we we confuse joy contentment with happiness yes we happiness is situational mm -hmm. my ex-husband and i had situational happiness yeah. when we were on vacation we were happy yeah when we agreed on finances we were happy yeah. When we had those beautiful babies and we looked at them for the first time, we were ecstatic, yeah. overjoyed, happy. Yeah. But when it came to prayer time, we weren't happy. Wow. When it came to reading and fasting, we weren't happy. Wow. When it came to individual growth, we weren't happy. Wow. And what happens now is you feel as though you've been gypped. I felt as though I was gypped. I felt as though I did everything. I kept a clean house. I wow. kept... My kids were clean and dressed. Their hair was laid and slayed, okay? Yeah. I was a praying woman, still am, praying wife. Yes. And yet it was falling apart. I have one story where I gave my whole paycheck in an offering. I got a bonus check from work and I gave it in an offering in hopes that this would, my petition before the Lord would save my marriage. Two months later, we weren't even sleeping together. The last time my ex-husband and I slept together was August of 2010. Wow. And I remember it because it was so traumatic. That's how separated we are. And I think that what people, a lot of times in the church too, we have a lot of situations where people are married, but they're not married. Yes. And so they're in the house, they're doing the kid thing, they're doing the, but they're really roommates. Um, 
T.D. Jakes calls it crystallization of a relationship. Mm. You're going through the motions, but you're not married. Yes. You can't have a talk about the scriptures. You can't pray together. You can't fast together. You, submission sounds like a bad word to you. Yes. And the more independent I got, the less respect I had. Yeah. The more he faltered and fumbled, it was like I was keeping a checklist. First Corinthians 13, right? Love keeps no record of wrong. So clearly I was no longer loving him. Yeah. And yeah. it led to a divorce, a very painful divorce because he was my friend too. Like we were friends. Wow. We had a good time. This is why I'm saying happiness, ain't it? Yeah. We played in the arcade together. We went to rock things together. We, we danced together. We had a good time. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. And so what am I saying? The foundation of Christ, the foundation of your relationship with God, the Holy Spirit moving in your life has to be the foundation of your marriage. Without that, you won't make it. Yeah. You can be happy. Y'all can even look good together. You and Tony look amazing together. Yeah. But what really draws people to you guys is you pray together. They see that warfare together. They see that, that when one is weak, the other one is lifting the other thing, the other person up. We usually, when we, when we read that verse, we usually think of missionaries or we think of um, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, one is weak, you lift. Well, guess what? Your first ministry is your home. So the closest brother to Christ that you got is your husband. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I will say um, you and I both have uh, different um, experiences with marriage. Um, for the most part, I will say that Tony and I have, since the beginning, had a relatively decent uh, and healthy marriage. But even with that being said, that didn't mean that we didn't have our challenges and it doesn't mean also that I didn't have my moments where um, now when I reflect back at who I was, I didn't realize how selfish I was. I didn't realize. And, you know, you have said it. So many of my friends, oh, Raquel is the nice one. Raquel is this and Raquel is that. And so I've heard that for so long. I'm, hey, I'm the nice one. I'm the goody one. <laughs> I'm the goody one. And then when I reflect back at who I was at that time, I still approach marriage the wrong way because I approach marriage as what can you do for me? It's what you are providing for me. It's what you can do to make me happy. And I did not realize that I was, in reality, Yes, I loved him and I had affection for him, but a lot of the times I approached marriage as what he could do for me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what he could do for me. And then my happiness, of course, was affected when I had an expectation that he wasn't meeting. Mm -hmm. And then all of these disappointments come. So let me ask you a question, because that is a very... Um, good point. Did you treat God that way? Yes. I, I hate to say it. And in that time, if you would have asked me that or try to even point that out to me, I would have been offended. I wouldn't have seen it. Mm -hmm. I would not have seen it. Mm 
but um, there's a portion, there's a part in the Bible where the Lord says, you know, to the people that are following him, you're only following me for the bread and for the fish. Mm-hmm. You're only following me because you're able to get something from me. And so that this doesn't, for the, for the person who's in a dysfunctional relationship, I don't want you to hear that and think that you have to remain in an unhealthy situation because that deserves its own separate conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony and I have, a, yes, a symbiotic relationship where we gave uh, back and forth. Mm-hmm. However, um, I understand now that every time that I was unhappy with something or if he wasn't fulfilling something in me, it was because I'm like, well, you're supposed to. Well, you're supposed to serve me. And, and it's, um, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to really um, communicate what I'm trying to say because there is a, um, a servant relationship that we have with our spouses. I, I think I, I can jump in here if you would allow yes, me to. Please, please. I, I think I could give words to that. And this is going to sound, first off, let me say this. I respect the fathers, the uncles, and the granddads in our lives that did what they did with the tools that they had. Yeah. Yeah. That's my disclosure with what I'm about to say. Yeah. Anytime a daughter has a relationship that is lacking with her father, whether it be a relationship where she feels as though dad is going to show up for me in this way or this way, or it becomes a codependent relationship. So here's how it looks both ways. I didn't have a father figure consistently consistently in my life as far as someone I could call dad until I was 12. Mm. So my viewpoint of a woman was to be strong. And I use the same Proverbs 31 to justify that. Mm. She had a business, she had a this, she had a that, she was a boss. I use this right here to justify that. Mm. Flip, you had a dad all your life Mm. who provided, who protected, who treated you like a princess. You get mad and you just like step in, step in. And what we do, we use the scriptures, maybe not Proverbs 31, but we do use the song of Solomon because it says that he went back to her homeland and got trees of Lebanon and built in his house. And we're less like, you supposed to do that. Here's the balance. Here's where the balance comes in. The submitting one to another. This is why the Lord writes that in his word. There has to be a balance. There has to be a give and take, a reciprocity in relationship. But it goes deeper than that Mm. when it comes to marriage. When it comes to friendship, you do this, I do this. You give into my emotional bank, I give into your emotional bank. We're Gucci. But when it comes to marriage, because it reflects the bridegroom and the bride, which is Christ and the church, it's not contractual. It's a covenant. Mm. And the covenant has to be protected over your, your wants. What does that mean? That means if, what, if Tony's no is protecting you spiritually, that comes above your wants. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Well, that's the thing. And let me tell you why. Hey, girl, let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it shows up as disappointment. Right. Sometimes sometimes for us, it shows up as disappointment. 
And then it goes back to how do we treat God then? Is it, for me, it was works. Lord, I'm tithing, so you should save my marriage. Exactly. I'm serving, so my kids should never go through nothing. Exactly. Um, I'm giving to the hungry and laying on hands. That means I should never get sick. And the Lord said, who told you that? Because I remember Jesus saying something like, trouble you will have always, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Amen. Amen. And that's where we trip up in marriage. We feel as though if I'm doing the works, then I get the benefit. Right. And it's this, this combination of doing the works. So in my limited definition of what marriage was and what a wife was, if I'm doing all of those things, and then in my limited definition of what it is to be a hus husband and what he's supposed to provide for me, and I still have this, whether I realize it or not, this happiness expectation. Mm -hmm. Every time that my happiness is not fulfilled, I'm disappointed. And then you go to the chalkboard, right? I'm, well, I'm disappointed here and I'm disappointed here. I'm disapp and then you get to a point in your marriage where you're just like, I didn't sign up for this. I, I might have made a mistake. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Because I, uh, my husband, he's God bless my husband. He's a saint. He said he, he has told me that he has never had those, um, no matter how challenging it was in our marriage, he never had those feelings. I have, sorry, I'm the weaker wrestle. Mm -hmm. I have had that, but why? And when I look back at what I was complaining about, it was stupid trivial things because when it came down to loving me and serving me my husband was loving me and serving me i think that once we understand and so i'm going to just pull some things with proverbs 31 one of my pet peeves is we typically ignore the advice from the mom to the son but it actually affects how he treats his wife so it talks here, do not give your strength. This is verse three. Do not give your strength to a woman, your ways to those who destroy kings. So here, his mom is telling him, don't sleep around. Don't, don't give your strength to just anybody. But if you take that in reference to his role as a man, don't give your strength to a woman. We as women don't like that. Mm -hmm. We want to control the strength of our husbands. And where do we find that? We find it with Eve. Eve says, this is good for fruit. It looked good to me. I'm going to take it. And Adam, who was with her, took it as well. He gave his strength away. He gave his power away. And when we say we're going to get married, to your point, we expect our husbands to serve us but then we don't expect them to, 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 we ask for a covering, but we don't like the responsibility that the covering comes with. Yes. That means when he says no, it's no. He's not supposed to give his strength away to you. He's supposed to submit unto God. You follow him as he follows God, Christ, right? So he's supposed to submit unto God. His strength is given over to the Lord so that he could be a servant leader to you but he ain't supposed to give his strength away to you. 
And that's where we find this tension. We want our husbands to act like surrogate girlfriends. They're not. They are not. They're not. If he comes shopping with you, girl, that's good. If he wants to try on, uh, you know, watch you try on bras, girls, that's good. But if he tells you, you know what? I'm gonna allow your sister to do that, your sister in Christ to do that, your mom to do that. Stop getting mad. Yeah. Because really and truly, when he does that, he's submitting onto you out of love. When he doesn't do that, he's keeping his strength also out of love. Yeah. I know that um, we had talked in the last um, conversation that uh, I was basically like a superhero for everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And I had bankrupted my emotional bank, mm-hmm. bankrupted my physical strength doing mm-hmm. that. When I married my husband, my husband was the one of the first people in my life outside of my parents that gave to me the way no one else has ever given to me. Um, And this is no, uh, and I have to say this because we're still in the flesh and this is no disrespect to you for the friend that you have been. Mm -hmm. Um, But my husband has loved me in a way that he gave to my emotional bank in a way which is strange because if you think about it, like your parents have to do it, right? Because they're, you're their blood and it's, it's only natural. But when somebody outside of your family, of your blood family does that, that's something very special. I think that we have that as friends, but I have, I had something very strong with my husband where my mother, my husband was the one that was filling up my tank when I, because when I came to him, I came to him broken too emotionally bankrupt yeah bankrupt in in a deficit in an emotional deficit that I was trying to crawl my way out of um I had nothing to give him um I did not love him and and the way that I'll say it is this I loved him in a human love but I didn't spiritually really love my husband I don't think uh, properly because I was so bankrupt from the abuse that I gave myself of not respecting the boundaries that God has placed in our lives. Um, so my husband and I got used to it and I got so used to, so all of my life and with all of my other relationships, I was the giver. I was the giver. And I'm finally in this position where I'm the receiver. And I got used to it. And I got used to it so much so that when he asked for a need. It's like before. That ain't your position. Yes. And yes. And to my shame, I have to admit that. To my shame, I have to admit that. And many years, um, and my husband, like he was so gracious. I mean, I just think, I just think that the love of God in his heart for me was so um, strong that he overlooked that. 
But man, to my shame, and I have to admit that I got so used to receiving from him. Um, he was, um, I did not put him in the priority many times where I should have. And I was, that's so detrimental. Here's where my thing was. I elevated my, my husband, Mike, who, by the way, guys, um, the boy that I fell in love with in seventh grade, I ended up marrying um, after he got saved. Um, he came looking for me um, and, and uh, he put me through marriage counseling. A lot of people don't know that. It was his nudging that caused me to go back to church, that caused me to go through counseling, that caused me to go to therapy. Um, that caused me to start to take care of myself. I had started to get really sick. And so it was his pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, and we didn't start a relationship until after I had had spiritual counseling. Mm. Um, and it was hard. Mm. It was hard because he, he didn't get the best of me. Mm. <laughs> he, got, he got this overworked workaholic, Yes. High strung. Yes. Um, I wasn't in debt, but I didn't have no savings. <laughs> um, bitter, mm. angry. Yes. Women. It was not the same Annie he met when I was tender and hopeful and full of joy. No, he got the, I'm going to see for myself. It's me and my three. Your opinion is optional. Wow. Yeah. That's who you married. That a lot of women, and let me, but I'm gonna let you go on, but that no, no, I want to no. highlight because so many of us go into we, we get burned by something, right? We we walk out in disobedience in God, we do life our way, we get burned, and then now we're gonna take it out on our husband. And it's that thing that you just said, your opinion is optional. Mm-hmm. I want to highlight that. Go ahead. He paid for the mistake of so many others, not just my ex-husband, so many others. He paid for your mistakes, the mistakes he you put yourself into. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh -huh. the, the mistakes that I made with so many, he paid for that. Yeah. But here's what I think he and Tony, and I'm trying not to cry on the Zoom. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right, girl. The Lord is bringing back a tender heart in you. He is renewing here's, it. Here's where he and Tony gave us that we didn't understand what we were. We, we didn't understand how the prayer was being manifested. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pray for things. There's the answer. And we, we, we don't know that that's the answer because we, we want it packaged a different way. Yep. But in verses eight and nine, it says, this is the mom talking to her son before we get into the woman attributes. Mm. She says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of those who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously and defend the rights of the poor and needy. Mm. And we don't see ourselves that way because mm. whether it's the feminist movement, whether it's the patriarchal abuse that has happened in the church, 
whether it's the abuse in our families from men or from people that we thought we trusted, we no longer want our husbands to judge for us and to speak for us. Mm. We think it's domineering and um, tyranny and we respond that way. Yes, we do. And so when Tony started to speak up for you, he poured into you. He allowed you to be replenished because you didn't have to keep fighting for yourself. There were years and years and years I kicked against and bucked against Mike. Years and years and years, mm. years and years. That's my family. You don't have to, I can't handle it. That's my job. You ain't got to, I can handle it. Then my kids, you ain't got to, I can handle it. Yeah. And he rode through it. This man, when I tell you his stick to itiveness is amazing. <laughs> he put his, he decided to love me, not just for me, but to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And when I learned that my softness, my tender heart, my submission was not a weakness. Yes. But it was a strength. Say that. Yes. I can understand that this Proverbs 31 woman, she wasn't a boss because she had to bulldoze her husband. It was because she knew how to submit in her position. We read this and it says that she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. And she's like a ship of the merchant and she brings food from afar. She's always looking for opportunities to bless. Yeah. And she always be giving, 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 giving. It's because she has submitted to him and enough for him to pour, 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 pour inside. She's allowed her husband to cover and pour in her. And because of that, she can give out even to her children. Yeah. I used to be such a miserable mom. Wow. Just miserable. If I could take those years back, I would. Miserable. They got great grades, but I was miserable. I showed up to every game and I laughed and joked and danced with the kids and cheered around. But when I got tired, girl, y'all come on and get in this car. Miserable. Yeah. Miserable. And you know what that did when something really happened that they should have brought to me? They didn't. Why? Because they remember miserable mom. Yeah. She gonna flip out. Yeah. Yeah. Why did that happen? Because I wouldn't allow myself to be poured into. Here I had someone who was telling me every day, you're beautiful. Every day, I love you. It doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter if you have makeup on. It doesn't matter if your hair is straight. Doesn't matter if your hair nappy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I just love you. Doesn't matter. I want to pray with you. I want to read with you. I love your gifting as an evangelist. I love you. how you understand the scriptures. Teach me, me. Go learn for yourself. I did that. You go deeper. It benefited him, but it wasn't done out of love. Let's just, let's exactly. just be honest. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You too soft. I've told him like that. You too soft. And he's just like, you've been beat up most of your life. This is where I have to jump in because I'm learning this too. Um, there is, we have confused because the world has shown us that and, and taught us 
incorrectly that aggression is strength. Talk about it. Come on now. Teach. Aggression is not strength. No, it's not. Uh, it's a weakness. And it's mm -hmm. so funny that um, I will say that I um, uh, I may not have, have been as strong, but there were times that I was so rude to my husband. Mm -hmm. And for someone to take that, the worst of yourself, let's put it, because everybody's worse. Like, I can't compare myself to you. You can't compare yourself to me, and we can't compare ourselves to other others. The point is... Sometimes I gave the worst of myself to my husband and for you to give the worst of yourself to someone, for someone to take it and say, okay, I'm going to love you in spite of that. And I'm going to serve you in spite of that. And I'm going to give to you in spite of that. And I'm going to love you past that. Mm -hmm. That's strength. Because the natural man reaction is, and I know I was like this with him, how many times that I was just like, Psh, well, whatever, fine, I'll walk away from this because I can't. With all of this, with all of this, with all of that, okay? And yeah. my husband never, God is my witness, my husband never had that arrogance with me. Never. Let me tell you something, I, you're bringing up a memory and I know he's gonna listen to this and be like, I can't believe she exposed that. So Mike to provide for a family went over the road truck driving, which means he was gone for weeks at a time. I got to run the house and you know, I love, love managing, right? So got to run the house the way I wanted to run the house. He comes home and I remember saying this to him because he was just like, wow, it doesn't even seem like you're excited that I'm home. And I was just like, what you want, a ticker tape parade? I said this to my husband, who's leaving the comfort of his bed, sleeping in the truck. He forgot his blanket and to save money would not buy another one. Wow. Wearing three layers of, I'm ashamed, but I'm saying it for the benefits. Three layers of clothes. It was so bad that Rebecca saved up her money and bought him a blanket for Christmas. And this man cried. You would have thought he, she gave him a pound of gold. Wow. No pillow. Putting food on the table and it wasn't good enough for me. Wow. Because I wanted him home. And I wanted my house to look a certain way. And I didn't want to leave Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he would send me pictures to, oh, babe, I'm here. Oh, you're rubbing it in my face. You get to travel. I'm here stuck with the kids. How can your children rise up and call you blessed? And you treat them like an inconvenience. Exactly. You Save. want to talk about giving the worst to somebody. Yes. And then, and then when the sickness kicked in and I had no control of my hormones and no control over my body and emotions, it got worse. But I remember how he would take those wounds and when he thought I was sleeping at night, kneel down by the side of the bed and lay his hands on me and pray over my body. Mm. That's love. Amen. That's love. Amen. And guess what? If you allow yourself to accept it, it's also happiness. The yep. same thing we're looking out for, that yep. mystical illusion of happiness. It's yep. really attainable if we allow ourselves to just be loved.
Yeah. My biggest downfall in marriage was an expectation was myself. Yeah. I expected so little of myself and so yep. much of him. Yep. yep. I expected that I could do the minimal, which was really and truly yes. cleaning and all of that. That's the minimal lady. That's the minimal. That's the minimal lady. Come on, you could go to the Dollar Tree and get you some LA colors and do your lips and all of that. That's the minimal, ladies. Yep. Yep. The real work, the real work is when he say that thing that you don't like, not calling your mother and tearing him down, not calling your friend and tearing him down, but getting on your knees. Yep. That's the real work. Yep. The real work is making dinner anyway. Yep. Exactly. Because I was a man, I would put you on a weight loss program in a minute if you made me mad. Yep. <laughs> it, took me, uh, it took me a, yeah. a long time. And it's so funny. <laughs> I just have to, I have to pause it here because, you know, as a younger wife and in my immaturity, when my husband wasn't doing what I thought he should be doing, how many times did I, did I, justify not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Say it. Say that. Say that. And I have and I have learned that I'm gonna learn, but through my husband's example, because mm -hmm. my husband never stopped being my husband. My never my husband never stopped loving me, covering me, praying for me, blessing me, sacrificing his body for me in my in my ugly. You know what used to really make me mad? We would have an argument and then he would do more than what he did before. Yes. <laughs> yes. It used to make me so mad because yes. I knew it myself, right? Yep. And so now, how do we see marriage now? How do we see it now? I can truly say in this part of my life, Mike is not perfect. Let me just say this, ladies. And gentlemen who are watching this, my husband is not perfect. Okay. He's not a perfect father. He ain't a perfect husband, but I'm not a perfect mom and I ain't a perfect wife. Exactly. I have to talk to myself a lot. Yeah. Okay. But what I can say is when you have someone who really is going after God, who really says, you know what? Loving my wife is a form of worship then he gets the promise that we find in James. In the book of James, it says that a man's prayers would be hindered, right? If he doesn't treat his wife well. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you something. Mike can ask God for the craziest things and it happens. Yeah, girl, yes, my husband too. My husband too. Okay? And I realized, because I used to show up in relationships like I was the blessing to the relationship. Now granted, yes, he can brag on his wife yeah. because I make sure what I know how to do, I do well. But he's also the blessing to me. He has truly covered me. He has truly been a Boaz to me. Yes. No one knows that we're a blended family unless he says it. Nobody. Wow. Wow. We were at a hotel one time and the woman was just like, all of y'all look alike. And me and him laughed. When I tell you we laughed, we had a good laugh for days on that. Because he has truly covered. He has covered. And, and when 
And here's the thing that I really love about Proverbs 31. He doesn't take away from the fact that his wife dresses well, that she knows how to manage a house, that the kids are in line, that she's made extra money. He doesn't take all that away. But the thing that really, really gets him is that her children, after they rise up and call her blessed, he says, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we as wives remember, they had options. Yeah. Say they it. chose you. Say that thing. They chose you. All that insecurity, all that jealousy, all that toxicity, going through his phone, all of that. There was somebody prettier. There was somebody more shapely. There, there was, was somebody, somebody with a quiet mouth. There was somebody more <laughs> read up on their word. Right. It was somebody that wanted him. Yes. Yes. And he chose you. And he chose you. Yeah. So step into who you are called to be. And yeah. since I have, like I said, I haven't arrived, but since I have accepted that, the submission comes so much easier. We Submission does not mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that he gets to be a tyrant over you. Exactly. It doesn't mean that because he's the man, he's the, you know, that he gets the, to have the, the boss and, and bark, bark orders. The Bible protects us against that. Exactly. The Bible says that he should love you like his own flesh. So if he don't want to be bullied and abused, he shouldn't be bullying and abusing you. Exactly. But it says submit one to another. And I have... A very recent story, because when we were talking about this, I was I was all over the place. I was in Corinthians, I was here in Proverbs, I was in Genesis, I was in Ephesians, I was, I was just like, ooh, it's so much. But God narrowed it down for me. I took a birthday trip to Key West. Girl, the trip was supposed to be three, three days, four nights, three days. Meaning that I was getting there early, staying with a friend, and then going to the resort. And it just so happened a tropical storm came about. I had a budgeted a certain amount for this trip. <laughs> so I'm on the highway, boom, 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 boom. I get down to Florida, we're fine, okay? And because I'm a manager at Nature, I knew that I booked this trip correctly. I got the confirmation, I got the address, I got everything. We good, we good to go. The card is swiping, everything is Gucci. I wake up the next morning, have breakfast with my friend, and the Holy Spirit says, check on your reservation. I said, nah, it should be good. But you know what? Let me just make sure. Because again, managerial mindset. Girl, why that? They told me that the thing was canceled. I said, cancel why? Remember, I budgeted for this. So I knew the money was there. So I called Mike. Now, those who know me in the past would know that I would call and ultimately go off. Just right off the bat, upset, mad, just upset. I call him and I said, something happened. Can you check this for me? It didn't even sound like myself. Can you check this for me? He's at work. He said, sure, babe, I can check it for you. Come to find out they never swiped the card my bank put a hold on it because of the amount. Mm. It was fraud. So wouldn't let the charge go through without any 
confirmation. I didn't get the confirmation. So mm -hmm. I didn't know that they held it. So he goes, don't worry about it. Head down to Key West anyway. Now I have no address to go to. He goes, don't worry, just head down. We're driving Key West from my location was about four and a half hours. We're driving within an hour. I have three choices. He didn't just book a room. He gave me choices. Uh -huh. He didn't just say, you know what? You screwed up the reservation. The registration got screwed up. I'm not casting blame, whatever. Here's a room. He gave me choices. How about he booked a place that had a saltwater pool, two wow. pools, two outside bars and restaurants, a shuttle. I didn't even have to drive my car to downtown Key West. Wow. With beach views. Wow. With another five-star restaurant across the street. Better than what I originally booked. No problem. Babe, have a good time. We swiping the whole time we there. Ta -ta -da 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 Having a great time. It's time to leave now. Mm. Had enough vacation. I'm ready to go. Tropical storm shows up, and I'm just like, ooh, boy. He calls me up and says, I don't want you driving in that. For those of you who have never been to Key West, it's a two-lane highway. One way in, one way out. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You're surrounded on water on both sides. In a tropical storm, water is choppy. If there's an accident, you're not hitting ground, you're hitting water. Okay, okay, there you go. Okay. I said, and well, how would he know that? Right, right? Because so, he's on the road constantly. All the time. So he goes, I got you. He extends the room. Okay. Order food, everything is great. It's time to leave now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So I'm driving back. And me driving back, my friend who I would have stayed at has a conference and now I can't stay there. So I call him up. I have nowhere to stay. No problem. He books another room. This room has a kitchen, big screen TV, a shower that I can have a party in. Right? Uh-huh. Comfortable bed. And literally two to three minutes away from the highway. So when I'm ready to leave, boom, that's it. I'm on the, that's it. I ain't got to get lost because I have no sense of direction. Boom, that's it. When I got back home, I sat back and I thought about the trip and I said, who are you? <laughs> I don't recognize her. I don't recognize her. And here's part of the trip that I left out. When we were in Key West, I got lost. I just said, I don't have a sense of direction. Got lost walking. I called this man at work, told about, can you order me an Uber? He's in Georgia, people. He's in Georgia. And you're saying, you're doing too much. That was too much. You could have handled some of that stuff yourself. I could have. But the testimony for me is I didn't have to. Yep. I allowed him to cover me to protect me and to take care of me. All the things we say we want when we get married that yep. we don't allow them to do. Exactly. I, I have to emphasize this because it's so, it's so beautiful. And especially, especially in this day and age, because we're in the 21st century, we are 
you know, raised to be independent, which is fine. I, I don't knock that because we, we do need our girls are, to become women and to be independent. And independent and resourceful. Absolutely. But there is something to be said about spouses allowing their partner to operate in the role that was intended for them and letting them do what they do and you'll be blessed because of it. There's a blessing. Yes, you can do it. You could do it. You could have blessed him. So happy to see me come home. But isn't it wonderful in this experience? Like me listening to that story, I'm just like, wow, it must, it must have made her heart so happy to know that her husband, she could call her husband for help at any time and he'll be there. It must be so wonderful to know that her husband is resourceful and was able to take care of something. Yep. It must be resource. It must be wonderful to know that God forbid something to happen should happen to me and my girls call. He will know what to do. Yep. I and could rest. I don't. I don't have to do it all, because that's our major thing. one complaint as a woman. Why do I have to do it all? Why do well, I have to do it all? It healed something in me. It healed something in me. We always say. Our husbands are supposed to be like Christ unto the church. Well, guess what? We can't show up without any spot or wrinkle, without any steam, right? When you iron something out, there's got to be some pressure applied. There got to be some heat applied. There got to be some manipulation. And when I say manipulation, I'm not talking about in a negative sense. I'm talking about moving, shifting, changing, flexibility, some nuance, some, you know what I mean? It has to be nuanced. And it healed something in me. That feeling that I can't depend on anybody was eradicated when I could call and ask for an Uber and then two minutes later tell them to cancel the Uber because I found out where I was going. Or call him at 10 o'clock at night. I can use Uber Eats. I call them, I'm hungry. What do you want? And food show up. It healed a woundedness in me and for my daughters to see that. For our girls to see that, it shifts something in their brain that I can have that, I can ask for that. It's not out of reach. Yeah. And so it's reciprocated. I came home and I gave him a spa treatment because he healed that in me. So now I can do what? I can give to him. Yes. I will say this. The Proverbs 31 woman It says that she was resourceful. And I'm speaking to those women who have careers. And I'm also speaking to those women who are stay-at-home moms. I've done both. The stay-at-home mom, you can be resourceful. When he gives you money or when you ask for money, be resourceful with his money. Mm -hmm. Don't be wasteful. Yes, get your hair done, nails done. You ain't got to look like you're homeless. But... You don't have to have, right. You don't have to be wasteful. That's right. For the career woman who's married, share your career with him. Share your dreams with your husband. It doesn't take away any shine from you. Yep. It doesn't take away any power from you. Yep. To say, hey, I feel that this is my purpose in life right now. 
how can you step into it? Allow them to step into your life. Yeah. Because just like it says here, he'll open them, his mouth for you when you have to be mute. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're in a society where women's words are not highly valued. Yes, we're in America, we ain't in Afghanistan or any other country, but guess what? It happens here too. Mm -hmm. And our husbands have the privilege of stepping up for us, but they can't do that if we don't allow them into our purpose, allow them into our lives. When he tell you about that girlfriend that got that crooked eye and be like, hey, something about her? Mm -hmm. Listen. He sees something that you don't see. I will say that that's where my husband has, um, I'm learning to now go under his covering when it comes to that. Because I will also put it out there because let's, um, I think you and I are both fortunate in the sense that we have a very strong covering and not every woman has that. Um, there are some men that are growing and learning how to be a covering. So just as we're learning how to be wives, there are men um, learning how to be protectors and coverings for their families. Um, but I will say that I have had a lack of wisdom in my entire life on people and setting boundaries with people. And when I got married, that's one of the things that my husband uh, always tried to warn me about people that weren't healthy for me, that mm -hmm. I wasn't healthy for them because healthy for them either simply because I didn't know my boundaries I had a, a lot of kindness I had a lot of good intentions but my good intentions without the proper use of setting healthy boundaries was going to be just as bad for them as they were going to be for me with their with their issues whatever their issues were and my husband was very discerning um about those things about hey that person's not good for you and me in my um, utopian Christianity that I had crazy <laughs> in my brain, this, this, this Christianity that, that, that is, that lacks wisdom. Right. Um, like, no, you can't do that. You can't say that, you know, we have to love everybody. We have to be patient with everybody. And my husband will often say to me, he says, I don't have an issue with these people. I don't have anything in my heart against them. The only thing I'm saying is that right now, you guys are not healthy for each other. Keep your distance. They're not, and where they are in their journey and where you are in your journey, you're not healthy for each other. I will Stay say, away. Tony was very gracious to me because Tony had the discernment to see when I was hurting and when our relationship or friendship at that time needed a break. And when I was whole enough to actually show up again as a, as, as a sister to you. And he was very flexible in that. Mike also <laughs> was very yeah. instrumental in saying, hey, you need to humble yourself in this situation, um, in your friendship, because really and truly, if you be honest with yourself, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you kind of added to the trauma because of where you were. Um, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. I think that again, because we um, have traumas that either happen to us or that we created for ourselves, we let we allow ourselves to abuse our spouses out of and we justify it in saying, well, it's because, you know, um, from for example, my sexual history is horrible. 
it's because this happened to me because I was abused as a child, or it was because, you know, this person mentally abused me, or it was because, you know, this boss took advantage of me. So I ain't gonna let no man do this and that and the other. Learn from those, those things. They're part of your testimony. They're part of who you are. However, recognize through the Holy Spirit discernment who's for you and who's against you. And if you treat your spouse like your enemy, right? Your marriage will always be a war. Well, going back and, and to, to piggyback off of that, I will say that I am now, and it has taken me so long, but I am now learning to stop and actually listen. And um, we have a friend that right now he's hurting. Um, and my small testimony that where I know that I have, um, grown as a wife, um, so many times I, in the past, I just, my husband's counsel, I just, I literally just tossed it into the garbage. I was like, I'm gonna do what I'm going to do. Me too. And, and my husband and his patience and infinite, infinite love for me, he would just, I don't know how he didn't get mad because if, if it was reversed, I would be so upset. I would be so upset and mad that he's not paying attention. He's not listening. All I want to do is help him and love him and every, every other thing that we would say as women. Um, but my husband, um, I said, Hey, you know, maybe we should visit our friend, you know, cause I think, you know, he is hurting and he says, you know what? Um, God is doing something right now. We would just get in the way. He goes, I'm not led. I'm not led to visit him right now. I believe that God will give us an opportunity in the future, but not right now. And I had the opportunity to just ignore what he had to say. I was in the vicinity of this friend and it came across my mind to go visit. But then I'm thinking to myself, stop. Because how many times has your husband warned you of something or someone? And then you find out after you're in a problem or after now you have attention with a person that you should have just loved them from afar. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew just like you had your aha, who are you moment? <laughs> who, who is this person that allows a man to take care of her? <laughs> that moment too, because I said, you know what? Good for you, Raquel. You're listening to your husband. Your husband has been right so many times good for you. And it does, right? In the, if I was listening to this story as a younger woman, I would say, oh, what? You don't have a mind for yourself? Oh, what? You can't think for yourself? Oh, this and oh, that. But to, to your respect, to your point, I am so confident of the love of God through my husband for my person. My husband has won me over with his testimony Yes. I cannot in good conscience. Yeah. yeah. Be, I can't, I can no longer be who I was with him before. Not to say that I was a bad, a bad wife, because if you sit my husband down, my husband will tell you, and he tells me often, you have done a good job so far. My husband tells me you are a good wife. You bring me a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. It is, it is nothing for me to go out and sacrifice my body for you because you make it easy. These are things that my husband has said to me, but I have to recognize where I am wrong. I've got to recognize where I am wrong and I have to do better. With the 
testimony because it's a testimony. Me and my husband had three years dating. We have 18 years of marriage. My husband, with the way that he has loved me, that love commands my respect. That love commands me, demands of my conscience that is still preserved in the Holy Spirit to respect my husband. Mm -hmm. I cannot in good conscience be that woman that I was yesterday. Mike's love has humbled me. Yes. Being married to him, I realized how haughty and arrogant. Yes. Girl. Now, nothing wrong with being smart. I'm all for that. Nothing wrong with being strong. All for that. But man, the humility, I don't think I would have ever gotten to this level of humility and find contentment in it. Because mm. it's not a natural thing for me. For some people, they're, they're just easygoing. It, it, that's just not who I am, mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. But Mike has his love and tenderness and kindness to your point, has won me over to the point where I am humble. I cry in front of my husband. I hug him. I tell him I love him. I ask him to pray with me. I um, I don't want to hurt him. Yep. Yes. That spirit yes. of that spirit of maliciousness. That spirit of <clears throat> I'm gonna get you or back. Or callousness. Sometimes we're just callous. Like we don't right. care. Right. My. It bothers me when we don't speak. Yeah. It bothers me when we're not yes. loving on each other. It bothers me. I will run this man. And listen, listen, and just to just to add a secular note, just to bring this into full circle, people were trashing Beyonce about this song that she just made about loving, you know, loving on her husband. Mm -hmm. And I had to chuckle with myself. I said, ah, oh, those are women whose love hasn't been won over yet who hasn't had a relationship that weathered a storm. We've weathered so many storms here that could have destroyed us. Mm. It is nothing for me to run a bath for him mm. and bring him a food on a tray and let him sit in the bathtub and light up the, light up the bathroom and walk out and let him have his moment. Yeah. He, yeah. he chuckles all the time. He's just like, look at me, a truck driver soaking in a tub with rose petals. How about... <laughs> Uh, we both have had to wake up at the crack of dawn to take our yeah. husbands to work. We I both did it this morning. Yep. I did it this morning. I did it this morning. So those things that once upon a time as a young wife that I would have said, oh, it's inconvenient. And I, and I might have done it, but I would have done it grudgingly. I do it happily now. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I cannot in good conscience, a man who is laying down his body for me. Mm -hmm. Your husband is laying down his body for you. And is doing it in joy. Like he has said. With a joy. With a joy. When I was sick, he keeps going. Stop acting like a burden. You're not a burden to me. It's my pleasure to take care of you. Yes. It's my joy to take care of you. Yes. I've never heard that before. Not yes. even in my parents. I've never, ever heard that before. Neither have I with mine. Yep. And so when I say that, He's the manifestation of God's love for me. Yes. 
it humbles me even before the Lord. Yes. Because just as I was rude to my husband, I had been disrespecting the Lord. Yes, say it. And so for the Lord to still die, for him to still impart the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. for him to still give revelation, for him to still give blessing, for him to still heal, for him to still pour out. He showed me that not only spiritually, but physically through my husband. Yep. Yep. And I think this is where, um, cause now we're going into an hour and people have um, ADHD. <laughs> I think I think we, we gave them a lot. Two. We can do a part two. It don't matter. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a part two. But I think that this is the best way to end this. Um, uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, what avenue we're gonna, um, I guess, continue the conversation with. But I think that this is the best way to end the conversation. That um, when you have, if you should have that type of husband that is loving you as Christ loved the church. He doesn't have to be perfect. He's not, he's not going to be. But if you know in good conscience that you have a man that is loving you as Christ loved the church and he's doing the best that he knows how, how can you in good conscience treat this man, somebody's son? How can you treat this man with disrespect? And I think that that is right now the, the best lesson that, um, that I want to take away from this. I would like to speak a, a blessing over the, the um, viewers and the hearers of this. I would like to bless you guys by saying this. Amen. We pray that you have a spouse that is God-fearing. We pray that you have a spouse that loves God more than they love you. Amen. Pray that you have a spouse that loves you like they love their own flesh. Amen. We pray that you have a spouse that would love and respect you. We pray that you will be a spouse that can be submitted unto. We pray that you will have situations where you could submit one to another in joy. Yeah. And we pray that you would find strength in your calling as a wife or as a husband. Amen. 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 So I love you, Annie. I love you. God bless and have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.